Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I am uh, having to do this from my beat up 2006 PT Cruiser today, but I I ended up wanting to have my next guest on, and and I've known him for quite a while, and 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 I've been liking some of his videos because the the great thing is is I knew him as a salesperson when I first started working in radio at, at the Crow. 93.1 WKRO, uh, Black Crow Broadcasting in Daytona Beach. And I got to tell you, for the most part, salespeople, and no offense uh, to my next guest, the salespeople are not that great on the air. We, we usually let them on and, and we make fun of them and stuff. But I, I got to tell you, I've been, I've been checking out my next guest videos that he's been posting. And I, and I got to tell you, I'm, I'm really, really liking them. So welcome, uh, Mike Wolpert, to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Mike, how are you, buddy? Tuttle, what a treat. I'm happy to, uh, happy to be here. You're right. Most sales guys might not be so good on the radio, but they're in radio, like all of us who are mm-hmm. in radio, because if you're not good enough to be in a band, you go work at a radio station. And if you, don't exactly. have, if you don't have pipes that sound like this, you can't be on the air, so you go sell some ads. And then well, you, you know that I... You know that I've never had that, but, but what I always try to tell people is I might not have that radio voice, but I have one of the most recognizable voices in radio, in my opinion. Yeah. And it, it, a lot of it's now made up for by attitude. Uh, people yeah. say that I have a, people say I have a very recognizable voice also. I, I don't really think that's a compliment, but I'll take the recognizable. But so, radio, you know, radio soon went from the announcer voice of God to cool stuff on the radio so i'm glad you're part well, of it it's, it's about personalities in my opinion it's more about personalities than st- instead of those stereotypical deep voice radio guys you know yeah yeah so oh. mike what are you uh, so so let's start from the beginning i i ended up working was it when i started working at black crow it was around there yeah, it was uh, could have been ninety could have been ninety seven even it was I remember no, I it was definitely. High, be- I wasn't even out of high school yet then, so I don't think uh, it was. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but Mike, I mean that that was I don't I don't think a lot of people realize what type of radio station that was. I mean it you know in the day and age it's the big big companies now like Clear Channel, right. uh, Cumulus, uh, CBS, all of those out there and and that was just a cool cluster of radio stations right there in daytona beach uh, you know i have to say i have had a pretty adventuresome pretty entertaining and pretty damn fun life and in the list of really cool places i worked that actually might have been the greatest job i ever had i mean now my i worked you, myself you know, that's better but well well as a salesperson it it, it had to be different because Daytona Beach had their event season. You know, we we had we had <clears throat> speed weeks, we had uh, bike weeks, we had uh, at the time Black College Reunion was there, which we used to have a lot of fun out of. Spring break until the old people, you know, ran people out of there. Um, as a salesperson, that had to be like it's go time. This is where I'm going to make a lot of my money for the year. Yeah, in, in that kind of in that kind of environment it is feast and famine and it's that's a lot more natural for a salesperson who's really used to living on commission because Mm -hmm. if you don't have balance in your paycheck like most jobs provide 
you get used to not pissing away all the feast stuff. So you have a couple of chestnuts to eat during the famine. But yeah, when the uh, when stuff's happening, it's it's happening large. I kind of miss the drama of Bike Week in Daytona Beach mm. a little. We we have racing out here in California, but uh, it's not like that. It's not like Daytona Beach. And then just to show you how small the radio business is, is I ended up after Ron and Fez left uh, the Crow. I stayed there a little bit longer and then went over to Real Radio. And I'm like, holy crap, Mike, Mike, Mike Wolper is over here at Real Radio. Um, and, and that was really, really cool. You, um, who was the other guy? There was another there was another Black Crow. Uh, Doug Sargent was there as well, too, for a little while. Do you remember Doug Sargent? Oh, sure. I know Doug really well at the uh, back at the Crow. I thought Doug was in Tampa. Uh, he was in Tampa, but I thought he was he might have been. But he was at Tampa Clear Channel, I think, maybe. Maybe right, that's yeah. where I know him from. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, it's, it's just it was such a great business and it's changed so dramatically. Uh, mm. uh, and, and I don't track it as much. I was 15 years old when I walked into a radio station for my yeah. first internship. And I was more than 45 years old when I walked out of my last radio station. And I thought, you know what? Let me just wrap that up in a bow. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> so what are you doing now? How do you transfer from doing sales and radio? What, what, are, what are you up to right now? Uh, one of the skills that I picked, well, I think the reason I was successful at radio sales is because I was, I'm actually genuinely interested in what people do, right? Like. Mm-hmm. I am interested in what you do in your kitchen. If you have a restaurant, I'm interested in how the machine works that makes your thing. Just curious. I was raised by curious people. I'm a curious guy. So that helps when you want to go see what they're doing. And it also helps if you're raised as I was with the love of reading and writing and storytelling. So, you know, the, the most important thing in radio advertising is to get somebody's attention. And now there's a lot more of, story-based kind of advertising. But for many years, it was just Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You know, we have the best service and the lowest prices and all this other bullshit. And I be, I just really enjoyed making up cool little 60-second stories. So mm-hmm. uh, now that's not what paid the best. What paid the best yeah. was Budweiser, Ford, Toyota, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Daytona International Speedway. I mean, these are the... Oh, yeah. these, these are the accounts that actually bought me a house with the commission money. And, you know, so what was, was Daytona international speedway, one of your clients when you were in Daytona, because I mean, that's, that's a great, that's a great client to have. Yeah, actually that's uh, I, I use that example. A lot of times what I do now is I work with small business owners, mid-sized business owners on how to tell the story of their business, right? Mm -hmm. Mostly on video. So it's still, a very similar thing that I've always done. Just the tools have changed. But how do you what? How how do you tell these small businesses to stand out though? You know, because right now there is so much content online. People are putting out content. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've been trying to tell people. Like how do you stand out? How do you tell these businesses how to stand out online right now when it comes to all the other people that are out there? Uh, the first thing is to be a genuine face of your business, right? Like, and, and so the real benefit and the real boom time for social media is for local businesses, for small businesses. The win there is really 
uh, multifaceted because they can produce their own content, right? Be it a photo or a graphic or a little interview on the phone. I mean, this is the greatest video camera that everybody has. Mm -hmm. And so we start here. Um, but the way that people can stand out is by solving problems, by acknowledging that they solve problems. That's any business is only in business to solve a problem. Are you mm -hmm. hungry? Why, yes, I am. Good news, I solve a problem with my restaurant. Got a flat tire? Why, good news, I solve that problem with my tire shop, right? So uh, I encourage people to start off by using a selling introduction and then solving a problem. Meaning a selling introduction is, hi, I am. I do mm -hmm. this thing for these kinds of people so they get this great result. But does it also take a character? Like, I'll give you an example. A lot of people don't. Uh, you you worked in Central Florida area. Do you remember the appliance direct guy, the, the oh, Asian guy? Like, uh, with his talk? Yeah, that guy. But everybody knew who he was. And they were like, hey, I'm, if I'm going to buy appliances, you got to go to, you know, I think his name was Sam Pock, I, I think, the, the appliance direct guy. But everybody knew how he was. And and I don't think he ever had an eye problem, but I don't, whoever came up with the idea, he was wearing an eye patch. Do you remember he was wearing an eye patch through, through a couple of years? Yes. And, and then he had like a, a Caucasian, tall, chunky, blonde-haired Florida woman wife who for some reason was always wearing a cast or a neck brace. No, knee brace. She always wore the knee brace. The knee brace. Yes, yeah, she always wore a knee brace. And everybody was like, hey, did you see the chick wearing the knee brace or or the uh, Asian guy wearing the uh, eye patch? Right. Everybody knew, like, that's where you're going to get. So that's that's what I meant. Like, it does. I'm not saying be fake. you got to be genuine and and get out there and, and make a connection with people because of course, you are always going to support the people you feel familiar with. Right. And, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a difference between the little personality and schlock. You know, I think yeah. that, that this appliance direct stuff and uh, you know, it's actually a chain. Like it's a mm -hmm. huge chain. We have them out here in California, too. I think they're called a, Appliance City or, or, you know, but it's the same deal. Like we're going to yeah. sell you dented washing machines. Um, so, so there's that, that's a schlocky hook, but what I really try to work with people to understand is that the favorite thing that we as humans like to do is make a recommendation because we're helping somebody, we're feeling good. We're, you know, so a lot of, a lot of marketing comes down to, oh yeah, I got a guy, right? You got a problem. I got a yeah. guy. What were you complaining about your car? It's a 1992 PT Cruiser. Yep. I got a guy that can solve that problem. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and once you start telling stories and, 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 and the introduction thing, like, hi, I'm Mike. I run a company called Social Jumpstart. We create cool marketing videos for interesting mm -hmm. business people that they run on social media so they get more clients. Okay, and yeah. the object of my telling you that, which you rearrange in any kind of way that suits your business, is, hi, I'm Mike, I run a company called Social Jumpstart, check, fill the box, we're all waiting to find out what the hell this guy's talking about. We do this cool thing, ooh, for these sorts of people, hey, I'm kind of like that person, and they get this result. Ooh, hey, I want this result. Now you've overcome the hurdle, which is, should I bother to listen to this idiot? And yeah. once you overcome the should I bother to listen to this idiot thing, then you start solving a problem, telling a story, um, 
One of the guys that we knew, uh, the Harley Davidson dealer. Oh yeah, the, uh, Bruce Rossmeyer. Bruce Rossmeyer had a mechanic working for him. I I tell the story in a training program because I just I love that story. <clears throat> but when you take your automobile, motorcycle, whatever, to a shop, the general understanding is you're probably going to get screwed because you probably don't know what's going on and it's all a big mystery and you don't really there's not a high level of trust. But at Daytona Harley-Davidson, there was a guy named Gary who was a mechanic. He worked there for 100 years. When you brought your bike into this guy, he would look at it. He'd listen to you. He'd go, hmm. Yeah. I knew a guy came in with the same problem, same noise. Whacka, whacka, whacka. Yeah. Mm. Turns out it was the little widgety-wodgety, and we turned a couple of things and put in a new seal. It was good as new. I can yeah. do that for you. So what, what that story told me is Gary's been around a long time, understands the problem, diagnosed the problem, has already solved the problem for somebody else. Surely he can solve it for me. Now, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on, and, and right now we just got done with the election, and I never, like, well, I mean, I talked to you, but in, in, in business situations, you try to keep politics out of stuff. So I really never really knew that you were into politics as much as you are. Now, I want to I, I want to talk about this a little bit because I I know that you were in support of Joe Biden. Now, was it was it, are you completely behind Joe Biden or is it because you dislike Trump so much? Because the way that I look at it is I think both sides are don't necessarily have the best interest in the American citizens, in my opinion. Uh, you know, they 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 throw a lot of things out there. Um, uh, I don't really affiliate with any side. What what is your take on things? You know, a lot of people think now that we have Biden, things are all going to get back to normal. Things are going to get mis- miraculously better. Um, I I do not know. And, and I wanted to get your feeling on everything right now. I um, well, I grew up in New York. I lived in New York in the 80s. So I have a background of watching Donald Trump be Donald Trump. So yeah. the idea that he could also be the president of the United States to me has been laughable since day one. Also, but how did he get in though? How did he get in? Did he hit? Oh, see, but he got I, in. Tell people, I tell people he hit those buzzwords. He, you know, uh, border wall. We got to get the immigrants out of here. We got to do this. We got to think about America first. We got to get out of all these like pacts, the uh, Paris uh, Climate Agreement, all of that stuff. And and I think he hit his base, and 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 that's how he was able to pull it off. He got in exactly as you described through fear. Two mm-hmm. things. We're human beings. We only have two responses, right? We're, we're seeking two things always. We want to get away from fear, want to move away from fear, danger, and we want to move towards safety, pleasure, right? That's mm-hmm. it. We're, we're, it's not that complicated. We make the rest of this stuff up. Fear is a much more powerful motivator than so, so negative, more positive, more of a motivator than positive. So it wasn't what I'm going to do for you. It's that this is what we have to be worried about. He, he, he never did anything. I mean, honestly, what he did for, uh, I, I look, as an objective uh, look, what he did was give it, the only thing he accomplished, the only major piece of legislation was a massive tax cut. 
that doesn't affect the average American. It's yeah. a corporate tax giveaway. I'm not, the imagine, I'm not the average American income earner, and I barely benefit from that tax mm-hmm. cut. So, so I don't believe he, he made very many offers of anything. He ran on a couple of things. Uh, you need to be afraid of this. The boogeyman is coming. I can protect you. There's danger over there. Before it gets here, you better vote for me. I and only I can save you from this. Um, <clears throat> that is uh, a very effective strategy for people who uh, are uh, predetermined to respond to that kind of strategy. So why? Mm-hmm. Uh, so fear, fear, fear. I can save you. Oh my God! They're going to take stuff away from you. Oh my God! I don't want stuff taken away from me. We've heard this for a long time. Uh, so if you go with me, vote for me. I will make sure they don't take your stuff. On the other, what, what I object to most is it's just not true. It's they have fed Trump has fed the right wing has fed these lies about liberals. Now understand, mm. I live in Marin County, California. Out here. I am regarded as somewhat of a right winger. I'm on the board of the Community Media Center of Marin, the local public access TV station. Mm -hmm. You don't get a whole lot more left than public TV in Marin County in Northern California. Yeah, there is there is a lot more things left of that. But now 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 you bring that up. So do you have any right wing leaning like things that you agree with? Sure, absolutely. I am. Uh, uh, I voted for Reagan. I was a registered Republican. Grew up a Democrat in New York. You know, I mean, I was been registered as an independent. I absolutely believe in policy decisions. I and I mm. and I think that we can look back to conservatism and republicanism and separate that from Trumpism. Uh, I do not agree that we have open, porous borders where the immigrants are flooding over to kill us because it's not true. I do not believe that liberals are coming to take away your Second Amendment, uh, Second Amendment rights. I hate that. I hate what. So I get it's into the bigger true. argument. I get no. It's it, those are buzzwords that people like to use. See? Yep. Yep. You recognize um, this? This is, yes, this yes. is an antique collector's item. Twenty gauge shotgun. <laughs> the worth my, of my dad. My dad has two of those, but um. But no, that's one of those buzzwords that I think that the right wing likes to use to scare people that they're coming to take your guns. And I'm like, that is never going to happen. Never going like to happen. that. No, it's it's I it, the president. One man can't do that. You would have to have all three branches of government. Well, not to only be able that, to, you're, you're right. But not only that, nobody's even suggesting it. Nobody's no. even suggesting we take away the guns. There have been suggestions that maybe we take away high-capacity, high-speed, powerful weapons of war. Mm -hmm. And and the gun nuts will say, I need an AR-15, M-16. They want to negotiate with you on what the lingo is. You understand the weapons I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I need that for hunting. No, you don't need that for hunting. If you need a weapon like that for hunting, you need to to shoot. Well, you know? I will admit my my dad uh, does own an AR-15 and but we're responsible with it. But that's the thing about it is, is that you can create all the laws you want to in the world. The criminals are still going to get their hands on them. I mean, you can't you can't close 
the door when when the horses have already gotten out of it. You, you see what I'm saying? It, it, I, I do see what you're saying with that particular weapon. I think there is a way to close the door, but but uh, but uh, you know that's that's a different discussion. The underlying premise yeah. here is that uh, a vast majority of Americans favor sensible gun regulation. Meaning, what's no, this? You're driving a deadly weapon. At least you're not driving. I hope you're not driving it now. You're sitting in a deadly no, weapon, which you have taken some instruction to learn how to operate. You have taken out an insurance policy to make sure if you do some damage, you're covered. And you've taken a little easy test administered by the government to show that you can do it. And you've registered your automobile. Nobody's even asking for gun regulation that, that that's that strict. So, uh, that put me in a hunter safety course. He he taught me how to learn and and treat guns responsibly. I have taken a number of of safety courses. I have taken uh, marksmanship training. I've trained with a former sheriff. I've been at at Quantico, shooting at at the range there. It's great. I just happen to be the kind of guy that likes guns. Because they yeah. explode. If you're a guy and you like <laughs> shooting shit and blowing stuff up, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I have owned guns in various numbers. I had a lot more when I lived in Florida than when now that I live in California. Um, and all the years that I have, you know, had that, let's call it a guy thing about guns and shooting stuff and blowing stuff up like a kid, but even though I'm, you know, grown up, I've never had to kill another human being. Yeah. Like, let's uh, have less of that. Yeah. So, all right. There, there's a couple of topics I want to get into before. Sure. Okay. The media, the media. Um, I think the people, and and I'm a, I'm a part of the media, even though I'm not working in broadcasting. I'm doing podcasting right now. Mm -hmm. But what 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 I have felt is that a lot of people take CNN, MSNBC, all of these 24-hour news networks as journalism. Like you're getting the facts, but it's not. Both sides are biased as hell. Even even the liberal side is biased. Yeah. Even the right wing side is biased. There, I I've told people I worked in radio. I said if you really want to jumpstart the ratings, you start having people on that have opposing views, but they do not do that. They they all are one, they all lean one side or the other, and it's opinionated journalism now. And I don't think people realize that. I think that there is, there is, uh, yes, there is, there is bias. There's always been bias because we're people. Now, you worked in radio around mm -hmm. news journalists. Mm -hmm. Rory O'Neill pops into our mind. Yep. Right. You knew Rory for a number of years. You likely still know Rory. Yeah, he uh, last time I saw him, he was working. Um, he was working at Metro Traffic doing news and stuff. The last yeah, time he's I doing, saw, he's, so, he's somewhere else now doing do, doing. You know, he's an, he's a news. He's a reporter. He's a radio mm -hmm. reporter. He's a newsman. Uh, he's not. Let's go, Mark Bernier. Let's go, Mark Bernier on okay. Eleven. Mark Bernier, not a journalist, not a newsman, nope. talking head. Tucker Carlson, not a newsman, not a journalist, talking head. And the, here's the difference. I watch, uh, I, you know, I consume a lot of news. Yeah. My go-to newscast would be Rachel Maddow on MSNBC. Mm -hmm. uh, Rachel does lean to the left. She is also a lesbian and a liberal. Let's cover mm -hmm. that shit right away. Yeah. But what she does is she 
gives you a stack of facts and data and information. And then she kind of uses it, then she leans to the left. If I'm on the left on the screen, I'm on the left in my chair mm -hmm. and describes her take on that information. Yeah. Okay, that's easy to notice. And I notice it too. Every once in a while, I'll be sitting there going, all right, Rachel, move it along. On the other side of the equation on Fox News is uh, Tucker Carlson, who is just making shit up. But, but, okay, all right. But as a broadcaster, I can, I can look at the stuff that he's not putting out, but I can, I can appreciate him as a broadcaster. Does that make sense? That yes, he, but, but he's a broadcaster. He's not a newsman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, and, and that's very, I mean, Fox just got out of a lawsuit by saying Tucker Carlson's not a newsman. Nobody would assume, assume that's news. That was the Fox corporate defense in a legal case in a federal courtroom. So, you know, but the, the thing is, is that what I object to is the, is, uh, you know, I could pull up a list of all the things that's wrong with Joe Biden and everything that's wrong with the liberals and how we're going to kill the, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's just not true, right? Like uh, late term abortion. Honestly, not a thing. I've had a conversation with people who have, informed me that liberals and Joe Biden are going to have uh, abortion up to where the baby's nine months old. No, I don't agree with that. I, I can't get behind that. It's just not true. It does. I mean, it's just not in even conceivably true. There is no such thing as a late term abortion. There's merely a medical intervention. Right. So like that's not pro or con abortion argument. I happen to be adopted. Uh, I'm an abortion survivor. I think as a man, maybe I have an opinion. Most men probably shouldn't have an opinion about abortion. No. Uh, so, you know, but, but, but this, this wholesale painting of the left, there's a lot of shit that's wrong with the Democrats. Okay, but, but, but uh, yeah, there, there, there is a lot of stuff wrong with the Democrats. And, and I tell them, it's like, I, like, like for example, okay, I, I, I saw a funny thing. It's like, now, like what what Biden said, well, you know, the comment he made when he was like, well, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he, he kind of said something about, you know, you're not really black if you don't vote for, you know, such and such or something like that. I, I can't remember the exact phrase he said. Okay, yeah, and, that was an unfortunate comment for sure. And, and, and I just think that's completely unfair because you just cannot live on, hey, we are the party of minorities. We are the Absolutely. party that... I no. think that, in fact, I think that the Democrats have really fucked that up, right? Like, yeah, I think they, so. I, I think uh, what I've noticed is that there is a whole lot of taking it granted for, and there is a whole lot of assuming that, hey, those guys are really bad, so you're probably going to vote for us, but we're going to be take care of ourselves. Politicians mm. aren't really about. Uh, equality and diversity. I mean, up until this current shift over the last decade, politics has not been about right, left. It's been about white, white. My white, mm -hmm. your white. I mean, that's really all it is because it's always been white guys. It's always been about money. Uh, the, the Democrats now really need to understand, first of all, I think we, we all Americans should understand, this is not a white Christian nation. And I got a newsflash for you. What's really scaring people is it's not so much of a white nation anymore. 
No, no. I think I think they said I read a, I read a stat that under 18 whites, white Americans, Caucasians are the minority now. So so it's coming. It 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 is definitely coming. And some look at that as the worst thing of all. It's not though. It's not. It's the I, best I thing no of problem. all. I think it's the yeah. greatest thing of all. The more because I live in a place where this homogenous interplay has been going on for a while. I remember meeting when I first moved. Uh, when I went first ten years ago, I'm in San Francisco. Meet our new neighbors. They are really just a gorgeous couple, and they have children that look like just amazing little beings. They're like little cafe au lait skin with almond eyes and gorgeous hair because both of the parents were mixed race and the children were quad. Mm -hmm. So what I have noticed when races, human races begin to merge back together, for we all came from one and went to this way, mm -hmm. coming back together, it's an improvement. There's no way that you can tell me that people who have this, it's just, we're getting better looking and smarter. Okay, let's yeah. go with that. Yeah, um, I mean, why, why, why fight it? All right, so one last thing before we go, one last topic. Um, what is it going to take for us? Because I think one of the biggest things that threatens our, our political system are lobbyists. Um, I think lobbyists are, are one of the worst things that we have in our political system because they're the ones that are putting money in the politicians' pockets to get elected. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and they are, they're like, oh, I don't know. I, I can't vote for this, even though it's better for the people. I got to take care of the people that, you know, help me get elected. Right. And we have lobbyists that actually write legislation. We have, there's, there's, too much money in politics, it's absolutely insane. This election cost over $2 billion, just the president's. What about it's, a salary cap? What about, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, professional sports teams have to do this? What about a salary cap? This, what, about, what about Americans can just donate uh, $500 to an election cycle? Because yeah, I mean, kind of, you know, but, but the, where, where, where this has really gone off the track is Citizens United. And this is where we begin to stuff like the Supreme Court is where we begin to look at the real trouble where America isn't really a democracy. It's a republic. Yes, we got. It. OK, but America really is at this point more of a semi-authoritarian oligarchy. Because the Supreme Court has now passed legislation. No politician in the world would ever bring a piece of legislation to the floor of his chamber and say, I would like to propose that any company could give as much money as they want to all political campaigns. That would be political suicide. No mm -hmm. politician would ever do that. But the Supreme Court did it. So they've effectively legislated all this dark money to flood into politics. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea that you should have a PAC, a political action committee, where you can spend $200 million if you can raise it on politics, but not explain where that money came from. I don't yeah. think that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even remotely answer your question. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 it does. It does. It does. It just, I, I, listen, I'm not into it. I'm just an average everyday American that, that is interested in it. And, and I don't know a lot about, a lot about it. And, and I try to, to remain unbiased on things because when you get into politics, you're going to always alienate 
maybe half of your audience. And and yeah. and I don't I don't support really either side. And, and there's a lot of things that concern me about Joe Biden. Um, you know, I, I, um, I, I tell me one and I'll see if it's okay. a concern. OK, well, all right. So so, for example, now tell me how true this is. OK, I can't remember the exact guy, but one of his guys that was a mentor of his was filibustering to be able to keep integration out of schools, you know, being able to, to intermix between African-Americans and, and Caucasians and schools. And 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 I can't, I just I don't you know, he he has an African-American vice president like that's got to be kind of uncomfortable situation. Right. Like oh, no, 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 because what? Well, but see, here's the fear story. One of his advisors decades ago did a thing. This is about as valid as the angry preacher dude that Obama was always blamed with. First yeah. of all, two things. I got I got news for you. Those of us who are around in the 60s and 70s will all go, hey, everybody was pissed off at black people because they were committing oh, crimes. Let's not sugarcoat this shit. Racism is alive and well in America in 2020. In 1970, yep. it wasn't alive and well. It was alive and accepted. So uh, I don't think that there's I don't think that's even a thing. I think there's I think and, not, and look, I'm no Joe Biden fanboy. There's two things that's not going to happen to me in the next four years. I'm not going to wear a fucking hat that says Biden on it. Yeah. And I'm not mm. going to buy a flag for my pickup truck that says Biden on it. I'm going to act like a grown up adult. I want to go back to where we just have. We're all in agreement. I think you were going with how do we get back to a place where we all agree? Two things. Mm. Remember? Yes, you do, because I remember. Remember when we were all in agreement that those assholes in Washington were just fuck, those guys are all idiots. Yes. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, some of them are, my, those are my idiots. I love them. I hate your idiots worse. That's just manipulation of, of the electorate, right? I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's just silly. But, but if, and I am definitely one of those aggressive progressives, right? I am not mm -hmm. sitting on the fence. I really do believe it's a moral and ethical issue to put children in cages. I don't care if their parents cross the border illegally. That's a different thing. Like, there's really, I got real problems with some of this stuff. But at the end of the day, I can talk to somebody if my intention is to find a point of commonality. Look, even some of the idiots on your Facebook that chime oh, in. Oh, dude, I get so yeah. much pleasure out of seeing you mix it up with them. I sometimes just post it. And, and I'm like, all right, how long is it going to take for uh, Wolper to jump on and start uh, uh, destroying people? But all of those people, I'm just so angry at the level of of stupidity, deliberate, but all of those people and I, we got something in common, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. there's a, if we could put aside, I used to like Mike Moltane. Remember that guy he used to yeah. run WNDB? Yeah. He's a big Trump trash talker. They even got a little radio show called Trump trash or not Trump, <laughs> Trump, Trump talk, whatever. Like I'm, I'm staggered. Uh, but there's something everywhere and I can talk to, because I'm not some lunatic tree-hugging liberal. I'm an American guy who believes in certain things. Uh, yeah. There's a guy in Florida. His name is Troy Dooley. He's a former, not a former Marine. He's a no, no longer active Marine, whatever the right term is. Mm -hmm. uh, he is definitely a Florida Republican conservative. Pretty good, pretty much of a Trump supporter, although he doesn't have a flag, but you get it. 
But at the end of the day, he and I come at the same thing from I'm over here on the, and he's over here. And boy, we agree on a whole bunch of stuff right here. Yeah. So we're well, going to have to start to shrug and go, all right, whatever, let's get over that. But what do we agree on? All right. Uh, the next thing, uh, next time we talk, I, I want to talk to you about, and, and I'm not a big supporter of organized religion. And, and, and I've been doing a lot of research on this. And um, I want to I wanna, I wanna talk to you about taxing religious, like churches and stuff, because I, I really do think that the amount of money that they're taking in, like how much is too much? You know, we regulate businesses all the time. I know we're, uh, I know we're a nation of freedom of religion. Um, I, I really do think in my opinion, I know it's not very popular. I think some of these mega churches like Joel Osteen, you know, does he need a private jet? Does he need those thousand dollar suits and stuff? Um, I'm just saying, I think that we need to start maybe taxing a little bit like we need to set a thing of this is enough and if you're not going to use it to do good in the community we're going to start you know kind of uh taking a little bit of it to 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 help out the country here's how screwed up the laws around religion are in this country scientology is something that's invented by a guy l ron hubbard who is a fiction writer a science fiction writer this guy wrote stream of consciousness books. He has published more books. He has published more writing, L. Ron Hubbard, than anyone else in history, mm -hmm. right? Because it's gibberish out of his mouth. Then he wrote the flying saucers and the this and the that. Cracking Zenu into a volcano. Yeah. Whatever. I read it years ago. I'm like, that is some weird shit. And people took what? it and said, aha, religion. And, mm -hmm. and th that doesn't make any sense because mm. i mean that's you know scientologists get all kind they get all the tax write-offs they get all those protections it doesn't make any sense last night i heard uh somebody joe rogan mm. made the definition between you know the difference between a, a a cult and a religion a cult is when there's a guy who has ideas and he tricks people into believing them and obeying what he says, even though they should know better, the guy is tricking them and he and everyone's believing him. That's a cult. Religion is when the guy is dead. Yeah, I could see that. But I I I wanna I wanna I wanna talk to you about that the next time we talk because I got Love a lot to. of questions and stuff. Tell people how they can check you out, uh Mike. I, I, I will, but I, you asked me one question earlier. I want to I want to touch on you said, you know, are there things that I believe in? conservatives, the common ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Here, let me rattle off a, a, a bunch. I believe in uh -huh. guns. I uh -huh. don't believe in lifelong welfare. I believe the kids should have a free lunch, a hot lunch at school, but I don't believe I that mom and dad should get extra welfare if they're living in government housing and they have another child. I think your payments go down, not up, right? Like there's a, I believe in less taxation for business. I believe in flat tax. I don't think we should tax the rich to oblivion, but I think we should tax the poor and churches. So anyway, blah, 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 blah. But I'm, my, <laughs> point here, my point here is that I'm a freaking American first. I lean a little to the left. Some mm. lean a little to the right. I object to the people who have stepped out of the box and are sitting over there going, ah! stop that shit. So anyway. <laughs> uh, well, once again, tell people how they can find you. 
I am Mike Walpert. Uh, uh, you can't find me on Twitter anymore because I've been suspended for saying bad things about the president, terminated. <laughs> but you can you can uh, find me at socialjumpstart.com. Mm -hmm. And I am on uh, Facebook, of course. Uh, I, I do spend most of my business life telling business stories about cool businesses and helping people understand how to integrate video into that. I spend most of my time on Facebook arguing with idiots. Might I say, <laughs> my fellow idiots. <laughs> yes. Well, well Mike, I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation, and, yeah, and I want to have you on again next month, man. I, I hope you enjoyed it. I love it. What a treat. Good to see you again, buddy. I'm happy to see you. I miss you, man. Talk yeah. to you later. Bye-bye.